Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Bexton and Emmy Cobes, welcome to Action City. Emmy! Hi, Katherine. Hi, good morning. Good Happy morning. Monday. Well, it's not Monday when they listen to it. Oh, it's Thursday when they listen to it. But you know what? Listen, <laughs> I listened to Dax Shepard on my drive home from Dallas Wait, yesterday. Wait, are we, are we are not Dax Shepard, though. You can't compare us to Dax. I know, we cannot. But here's what I'm saying. It's obvious that he has to record like a few days in advance before he puts it I together. I understand that. I right? just like to pretend like Let's we're- Let's pretend. We're like, pretending it's Thursday? Yeah, we're pretending, pretending it's, it's Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, then. <laughs> Happy Thursday morning. Well, okay. It's been the weekend. I always have a great weekend. My- daughter said yesterday, I don't understand why we don't get an extra day of the weekend. Why aren't it three days? And I was like, well, it's a really good point, but you're going to be asking yourself that for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's only two. Yeah. Well, and then I think I finally now understand why weekends when you have little kids are kind of rougher because they're so exhausted from the week before that Saturday is kind of sometimes can be brutal. And guess what? There's no school on Saturday. So, I mean, yeah. Well, and I'm about to learn a big lesson with summer breaks, I guess, eventually. You're going to need camps, camps, camps. Do not ditch Mother's Day out. I mean, I know that there are lots of really wonderful moms who did it the other way, but I'm the mom that sent mine, kept sending them to Mother's Day out the whole summer. (laughs) But you know what? The summer, though, was my favorite because swimming with little kids is. As you know, because I was Emmy's swim coach, is like one of my favorite things on earth. So, I mean, I taught my kids how to swim, or I had them taught how to swim when they were little, little, little. So we would go swimming all day, every day. I yeah, I okay. So it's really tough though because so I did the invent swim resource. Oh, we did the same thing with Marcy, right? Oh. So, the, but the issue is, is that when they're like. Like, all my friends just stick floaties on their kids so that they, like, at the pool, I mean, nope. they watch their children. But don't like, get roped into that. That's what I'm saying. And so my kids don't wear floaties. So, like, I, I, when we're at the pool, I'm hyper aware no. of where they are. Like, you can't have a three rosés and be like, where did Huffman go? No, you cannot. <laughs> that's true. But guess what? Your kids will be self-sufficient way before your friends' kids. And when they're still dealing with the floaties and their kids are, like, six and seven years old, you will pat yourself on the back and you'll be like, well, Huffman, Huffman can can pretty much swim yeah and he's not yet three and and guess yeah. what this summer i mean obviously you're not going to take your eyes off of him but by the end of the summer he's going to be like a professional i mean yeah i mean i don't think he'll be able to like jump off the diving yes board. he will you think oh yeah we'll we'll go we'll get it done early on okay. first two weeks that's like one of our favorite things is to watch like the big kids go off the high dive it's, oh, it's so, so fun. fun i think gracie went off before she was three really yeah Huffman will be three that's perfect okay we'll at least get him on the little dive yeah yeah so that's that. so. See, we're already looking forward to summer. Uh, I actually love summer, and I it's love summer clothes. Season. I hate I winter clothes. Summer's my favorite. All around. like dress and sandals all day long. Yeah. Summer drinks, summer clothes, summer, swimming, summer food, summer food, Ugh, summer food. fresh tomatoes. Oh, okay. Being tan, being tan. Yeah, it's God. all good. I'm ready for it. It's only one January. We have five more months. Okay. We'll hold it together till then. Yeah. Well, okay. So I was trying to think about my pit and my peak for the week well okay my pit kind of turned into a peak and I feel like I talk about my 14 year old Neely a lot on this show pretty soon she's going to be 15 so I'll have to reevaluate in March but so (laughs) she so Neely and Gracie both go to Cassidy and one of the things I love about Cassidy is that you have to play a sport Mm -hmm. I mean I say that I'm exaggerating a little bit 
the rules have gotten a little lax for me, but they freshman year you play three sports and it provides an opportunity to have something to do after school till 530. They're tired. They're getting their physical exercise. They have to be with a team. Yeah, I There's agree. a lot of really wonderful things about it. I'm a huge proponent. Me of- too. Actually, that's what, what I've talked to other parents like with young children about, you know, when, which school are you going to pick or whatever, get into or, you know, the whole situation. But I, do, I always do say like student, right. like, you know, B minus on a good day. And I loved that I had that outlet. Like, it, it's a great outlet for after a rigorous day to, like, go be with your friends. friends and, and have an opportunity yeah. to get to be with all different people, maybe people you weren't even friends with, that you become friends with. Absolutely, yeah. You're out there in a sh- similar shared experience. Yeah, I mean, so what happened to Neely? Well, so, Neely plays soccer. Okay. See, I played in the fall, see, I, soccer. I did you did all, all the different sports. Yeah, I did. I was ba- or volleyball, well, basketball, basketball, tennis. Tennis. Okay, so Neely will do none of those sports. In the spring, we're having a little bit of an argument about whether or not she's allowed to play softball. So Wait, why wouldn't she be allowed to play softball? Well, there's not that much physical activity in softball. Now, yeah, but it's like camaraderie. No, you're right. It's camaraderie. So I think I'm going to give in, and I think we have a really great softball coach. So she's going to do <laughs> softball. But So she plays soccer, and obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic, and so the rules are different now. When one of the great things about the way Cassie does sports is our the teams that we play sports against are in Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. So we get to travel to Dallas, which was one of my favorite things about going to Cassie. And by the way, going to college at TCU, it was so fun because all of those schools, they like they, a lot of them, a lot of my friends you went had to a those connection schools. with them. Yeah, you yeah. played basketball against them. You yes. Had, you, so you had something to talk about immediately, which I totally agree. Yeah. And then. You know, when I went to boarding school, we had the same thing. We were in a conference with all different schools from all different states, and we traveled all over the place. Now the states are a little smaller there, but we traveled all over the place. And when you, when I got to college, I met people I had played sports against. So I'm kind of a stickler about it. They will be playing a sport. So <laughs> now, usually they go down on the bus on a Friday. They play a game on Friday afternoon. They spend the night in a hotel with their team, and mm-hmm. then they play a game on Saturday, and then they can ride home with you. Yeah. So, But now, because of COVID, you can take your own child, and your child can spend the night with you in a hotel, and then you can bring your child to and from the game. Well... Does anybody actually do that, though? Uh, I, everybody. What? I mean, well, I, I mean, all the senior parents did. I get it. But I, I think Wait, there are some bet. people that are really actually... I mean, not that, not that I'm not careful with COVID. I think there are some people who really do feel that it's safer for their child to go with them in the car. And so I totally get that. I think there are other people who just maybe, I don't, I I don't know, who just said it was fine for their kids not to go. So I said to Neely, you will go down on the bus. You will spend the night with the team. I mean, the fighting that went on for a week straight about this, because our cousins live in Dallas. She wanted to go be with her cousin, who's like one of her best friends. Okay, But I mean, it was... It was. I mean, on the screaming, yelling, crying. Wait, those whatever. bus rides are like, the best. I have so, fun. so many memories oh. of like just like even more than the actual playing of the sport. Yeah, the going on the bus and staying in I the mean, hotel. I remember one time I drank like five energy drinks and I like threw up on yes. the bus. I mean, the <laughs> snacks, like a, the junk that you eat the on the junk bus, you eat oh, on the bus, the, the cookies people make. It's the best. So, oh, yeah, I made her go on the bus, and you know. I made her spend the night in the hotel, even at the game on Friday night in Fort Worth. 
she looks at me and she said, mom, please, can I go with you? Can I go with you? And I was like, you're not going with me. I don't know how else to say this. You're going to be fine. I said, these yeah. are just little baby steps to going out into the world. One day, you're going to have to spend the night in a hotel by yourself. One day, you're going to have to, you know, I mean, maybe the eight people that ended up on the bus aren't her very best friends. But guess what? You may talk to someone you maybe never would have talked to otherwise. Yeah. And you form a bond with them and you become friends with them. And so she ended up, she spent the night in the hotel. She did they, I guess there was a situation and there were some people who sort of cried because they were scared to stay in a hotel room by themselves. And so Neely took full advantage of that and then got herself joined up with somebody else because they were supposed to stay separately. Or there's oh, wait, a sale that's alone. so funny. So when I then on Saturday morning, we couldn't actually go to the game because there were no parents allowed on campus at Hockaday. We played Hockaday, the school in Dallas. And and so I went to pick her up at the game, and guess what she says to me? She gets in the car. I mean, chitter-chatter. I got the whole story. She had the best time. Of course she, she loved did. It. Of course she did. She had the did. best time with her yeah. roommate. I mean, she, and she said, Mom, uh, I can't believe you didn't want me to go on the bus. That's what she says to me all the time when I'm right and she's wrong. And so, you know what? It was really, let me tell you, the week was so hard. There were a million times when I wanted to give in, when I was like, I just can't listen to this one more time. Fine, I'm just going to let her stay with her cousin. And I didn't give in. And I'm so happy I didn't give in. I, I think she we need to start it. like the Catherine doesn't give in parenting fund oh, where we not put like, all the time. I no, don't I know, but I think it. you need to put like 20 bucks in like a bowl for every time you don't, don't give, give in. in. And You're then right. like in four years, you can go buy something. I can go buy something because it's it, it yeah. is so hard not to give in, especially sure. when you have a very strong willed child. So my pit uh, all week was having to listen to all that complaining. But my peak is that. She really had a great time, yeah. and and she was, uh, she was grateful that she got to have that experience. So yeah, there you I have agree. It. That was long winded. Neely is a trip. Woo! Yeah, she'll get you. She, she I, yeah, I, I can mm-hmm. see that. So, I what's guess, yours? How, how was? Well, I know it was. It was Jeff's thirtieth birthday. 30th. It was so fun. It really was. Gosh, it was a, a fun new day. decade. New decade. Um, I so starting with my pit. So my in-laws, unfortunately, like all of my in-laws, they all had COVID over Christmas. So we didn't get to see them, which was really sad. And so we finally got to do Christmas with them. And the pit wasn't doing Christmas with them. The pit was that I had spent three hours at the container store, then five hours organizing the playroom to then have an influx of toys. And now I'm like looking at my playroom again, Mm -hmm. like... Uh, and if you don't stay on top of it, literally every single day, yeah, I can't even tell you what my p- playroom looked like when the kids oh, were growing up. And, and I, it was really the living room, so it was like a disaster. I, I am very blessed in the fact that it is a separate Yes, it's area. upstairs, out of the way. Out Nobody the can way. see it. But I'm looking, they got a kitchen, which is so cute. Oh, and I it's, love the Yeah, kitchen. and so this morning- Did Jeff, you have to put it together? or was Yeah, it, which Jeff is an engineer, like so that's like, yeah, right? again, he's like, I'm going to flex my muscles and show you guys how I can <laughs> put this. I am at yeah. this, right. Yeah, it's like, I swear, putting stuff together is definitely his, it's a strength for sure. But um, yeah, so they got a kitchen with all this food and all these pots and pans and cutlery and dishes and whatever, and so I'm looking at all it's like, what am I all right, do all so I'm going to go back to the container store at some point this week and reorganize again. So I'm sure they're having a sale. They're always having a sale. So see, so just. Well, but just... then it, I always wonder, I'm like, if this, sh- if this bin is always on sale for $3, like, what is it actually? You know what I mean? I know. Like it always, it is, does seem to always be on sale. Yeah, I think that they build that. They have I to think build they that, build that in. They pricing. do. I think that's obviously what uh, JCPenney. That's what everybody does. Yeah. So I, I'm going to have to go back and reorganize. Which, like, I, I, 
organizing is not my favorite. It's not my favorite. I, I wish I could say I'm one of those people who's super organized. I'm not dirty, but I'm not organized. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I'm, like, I'm like with a, you. There's I'm nothing like a, organized. Yeah. Like my closet is... There's Actually, my closet's really organized. Is it? Only because I've since I've had the store. Before that, it was really not organized. Catherine, that, that is this... not true. That one time you FaceTimed me to pick out shoes and I saw your closet. Oh, the closet in the old house. Oh, the old house. Okay, because okay. The old that's closet fair. in the old house was like, I was, mean, the size of small. like my college yeah, 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 yeah. closet. But was, now that my closet has is a little more big. room, okay, okay. I mean, really everything is always put away and organized and color coded. And See, I like and when it, yeah. I'm I I have the terrible habit where I throw clean clothes in my dirty hamper if I try something on and I don't wear it instead of hanging it back up I'll kind of throw it in the hamper so that's my problem and I've had that problem since I was like five years old apparently that's why my mom yes. made me do my own laundry at like ten because Wait, you had to do your own laundry at ten and you still throw the clean stuff in the dirty yeah hamper? I know so her whole plan of teaching you to hang it back up again didn't work it seems well she, I don't think she had that plan I think she, she just, just said, was like I'm, I'm not, not doing, doing it she's because she would get my laundry bin and it would be half clean clothes. And she was yeah. like, I'm done. Now you have to do your own laundry. I do get pretty angry um, about the laundry at my house. The wearing something one time or exactly putting yeah, something clean, clean in the laundry is one of my triggers. Well, if you were Roberta Roush, both mm-hmm. kids would be doing their own laundry right now. See, I, I told you I put my foot down sometimes, but not other times. Well, I'm kind of a pushover. I don't know. Some sometimes, things. though, it's just easier to just do easier it to yourself. Do it yeah. Because um, at least it gets sorted properly. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But... So, but my peak was Jeff's birthday. It was so fun. Um, his parents were in town, which was amazing. My parents, and then we, we like went to talk golf with. There were like fifteen of us. Was Top Golf a surprise? Did he know that that's what you were doing? Well, so it was. It was supposed to be sort of a surprise, but then he guessed it. So Jeff. Well, but I also can't really like. I wanted to tell him because I was so excited. It, it's not all of his fault. It's probably more of my fault. So you invited all his friends. Yeah, like I mean, obviously, and I their know. wives, or was it just really? It was kind of a mixed bag because some people like their wives didn't come, and just their husband came, and I don't know. It it was hard to like kind of narrow it down in the sense of I didn't want to offend anybody, but then also but you're like right. you can't have fifty have people pandem- now. Yeah, yeah, it's no. a pandemic. I can't do that. So mm-hmm. it was a good group. It, it was fun. All the guys kind. Of, we're on their own bay. And do they all... actually compete? I mean, what's the? Do they keep score? Yeah, and they yeah, like... yeah, yeah, they did. And actually, okay, there's so... a winner who won. So Jeff won on his bay, which was wonderful. Nice, I got second place, and this is actually kind of a pain point because it was too. So my my okay, there's six girls in my best friend group growing up. My friend Sarah, Sarah Bolding, she is. A little bit competitive and she texted a her bit? a little bit <laughs> she texted her friend group a couple of weeks ago and said and like this just a blatant statement she goes i was the most athletic out of our friend group just out of the blue she said yeah this. it was kind of out of the blue I which is in it. typical sarah it. fashion and you know whatever and so then we get to top golf and i'm like here we're now's like, your fine. chance to prove it as yes. a grown-up yes but i didn't even realize we were competing until she's mentioned the comment to me. And then I realized, I was like, oh, wait, Sarah and I are in competition. Like, I mean, only know earlier on. only a friend that you've known your whole life can can mentally do this to you. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right. Like, it's like a sister. <laughs> but so I will say she won. But she was like there, you know, there's like the yellow, the green, the blue, and then like the one all the way out there. I was like hitting the ball like lights out like as far as I could. She was strategically just going for like the middle of yes. that one that's like yes, right, in right front. there. So we had two different strategies. Hers worked out better, 
obviously. Was it just bragging rights was the prize? It was bragging rights. Yeah. 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 Which I'm like. Well, congrats, Sarah, on the big win. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe next year. Maybe can... I have a honestly I think had I realized that was like from the beginning that we were competing maybe I would have been more competitive but once I knew we were I was like oh shoot like this is I still don't Sarah I think you're you're probably one of the more athletic ones out of her friends but I don't think you're the most (gasps) who's who else is on the list you obviously well Kelly like she won the Smith Cup Kelly did oh yes which is like that's the big deal well and I guess we don't need to explain that on the podcast, what it no. is. But you know what I'm saying? I'm Like, our friend group. You've got a pretty athletic group of friends, though. Yeah, well, and then Nicole McGarry. Yes. I mean, in adulthood, she was a spin instructor. So oh. I definitely could not. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I think it's hard. Mm-hmm. Saying you're the most athletic, like, what's the baseline? Like, I couldn't I do a I mean, I won up. the Freshman Sports Award, the highlight of my life, really. Did you? Uh-huh. It's been downhill ever since then. But mm. that was really the, the peak. Yeah. I peaked in high school. I don't, I I don't know when I peaked. Definitely not now. <laughs> My athletic ability peaked freshman year in high school. Well, that's it. So like Kelly could do like like fifteen pull ups. Remember uh, the PE I could exam? Do seven max. Uh, that but, was the most I ever did in my life. Um, seven. I couldn't th- even like do. Catherine, one now. do you think I've ever been able to do a pull up? Well, no, I think you're probably no. The, no. That's probably not your jam. No. And I I I wonder if Sarah's ever been able to do a pull up. My sister Lizzie could do 30 because she was a gymnast. A gymnast remember, wait, yes. remember we had to take the presidential sports yes, award? that's what I'm that talking yes. about. Yes. Okay. My sister did more than all the boys, more than my sister Lizzie, who was the gymnast. She like yeah. broke some like international record, record oh, sure. or something. Yeah. So, okay. So they if, don't do that anymore. It's, it's they little, don't? No. It's like way more egalitarian now. Oh, and, wow. You know. Anyway. So. Everybody wins, I mean. Yeah. Well, so I didn't mean it. So Jeff's birthday was wonderful. How do we get on this subject? I don't know, because uh, I'm competitive and I, I had yeah, to talk yeah. about it, I guess. <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> happy 30th birthday. Yes, happy 30th Your birthday. Your 30s will be I will really give good. a local business shout out to Ganache because I got his cake there and it was the best chocolate cake I've ever had in my life. I would say I, I like different places for different types of cake. If you want a chocolate cake, Ganache has the best chocolate cake, I think. I see. I don't like chocolate cake, so... I mean, I'll eat it once again. Hello, I'll eat it. But it's, I wouldn't be searching out a chocolate cake. I think if you want cake, only I love ganache. The, croissants the, the yeah, ganache I was gonna say. I feel like if truffles. you want like a cake that's like really high quality. Yes. Oh, like theirs would be number one. Tell me if you follow them on Instagram and you watch them pour yes. all those. Colored... Yes, the mirror glazes. Oh. I know it's so fun. It's but... very cathartic. Okay, I guess we better get on with it, Emmy. Yep. So. Okay. Uh, this week on the podcast, we have Aubrey Ballard. She's one of OKC's first fashion bloggers, and we really did enjoy talking to her about the evolution of blogging and social media. Um, after having cancer, we discussed how her perspective on, on life has changed, how important her faith is. So we'd love to welcome Aubrey to Action City. Welcome, Aubrey. Emmy. I know in the show, we talk a lot about all the places we love to go in Oklahoma City, all the shops, all the restaurants, the parks. One of the things that you have to have in order for those places to be able to operate their businesses is it's all commercial real estate. It's it's buildings and standalone locations that are owned by landlords that need to get those places rented out. Mind you, some people may own their own buildings, but some people need to buy and sell those buildings. Some people need to rent them. But how do you figure out what the best location is for you? 
when I bought Greta Sloan, all these people kept telling me I needed to move and I needed a different space. But there was something I really loved about Nicholas Hill's Plaza. So what I did when I bought Greta was I sort of listened to those people in that I thought I should look around and see what other spaces are available in the market. And so I called my friend Barry Murphy, whom I've known since college. He married my very best friend from growing up. And so I've known him since I was 18 years old. So he was the first person that I called. He's in the commercial real estate business in Oklahoma City. He has been doing this, oh God, at least 15 years. He's an expert. He does office. He does retail. He does industrial. I called Barry. Barry took me to all the spots where I could possibly take Greta. And guess what he helped me figure out? He helped me figure out that Nicholas's Plaza was the best place for it. And I kept it there. So he didn't feel like he needed to put me into a building just to put me into a building. He really helped me answer the hard question of my business of where was the best location. And then from there, my husband is a lawyer and he has his own law practice and he likes to move around a lot as well. And so, of course, he calls Barry to help him with his office needs. And the most recent building that he's in my husband is now in this building called the Barry Law Building, or the I think that's called the Barry Law Building, actually, down on at like 19th and Classen. And Barry Murphy helped him find that building as well. He helped him negotiate the contract. And he, my husband ha- loves this building. It's perfect for him. It's historical. He feels like right at home there. And so I just, I can't say enough great things about Barry Murphy. He works for Cushman Wakefield. I think if anybody's looking for somebody to help them with their commercial real estate needs, I think you should definitely reach out to Barry. His phone number, you can reach him on his cell, 405-297-9913, or you can reach him on his website, www.barrymurphy.net. So I highly recommend him. So Barry, thanks so much for sponsoring our podcast. We love you. Welcome, Aubrey Ballard, the dandy liar, um, to Action City. She has, I mean, you were probably one of the first fashion bloggers in Oklahoma City. At least I would say one of the first to gain a significant following. We were, there. I say we. I was going to say, who's with you on this? There was like a good five of us. Yeah. Um, And I definitely wasn't the first. I feel like I moved here kind of when blogging really took off. Yeah. But yes, I would say I was one of the originals. Well, it was definitely the first one I related to and that I really felt like had... Who showed it to you? You did, I guess. You're right. That's right. See? (laughs) Well, I remember talking to Catherine about fashion blogging in Oklahoma City. And I will say coming from Dallas and kind of these bigger cities, unfortunately, I feel like the level of style is not quite as elevated, if that's fair. Totally. It's just a little... A bit. Women here don't dress like, you know, everybody... Dress. Yes. No, right. I, I feel I like mean, there's like a little... Like the subgroup of women in the city who really dress up is like smaller, which is fair. It's true. And we yeah. have a smaller population. Exactly. That's and I true. remember we were talking about bloggers and I think Catherine was looking to like maybe do a partnership with somebody. And I was like, well, you have to do the Danny liar. And she's like, well, she's well, like, well, show, yeah, Tell she's me. like, show me her page because of course that's what you want to see. And then I showed her and she was like, wait, this is so cool. Aww. I said, wait a minute. She's in Oklahoma city. I said, no way. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. No, there's no way better. She's in Edmond. She's in, there we go. <laughs> right. Better. She's in Edmond. I mean, I mean, but your aesthetic is definitely different. I would say than like what, when people think of a fashion blogger, I think that the, in your mind, at least in mind, there's quickly 
like some sort of open gray cardigan tucked into a jean with a booty and like maybe a Louis Vuitton Neverfull. You know what I mean? Totally. And I think you were like the antithesis of that. Antithesis of that, yeah. I loved that. Like, I think that's probably because my background is in design and in fashion. And so I'm not approaching it from a let's, what do I, what do I wear every day attitude? It's more like, what would I rather style in an editorial spread. Yeah. I think your look is very much more editorial than probably majority of the, your peers, right? I would say here in Oklahoma city. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, so we always start at like the very beginning. Okay. (gasps) Um, you're from Texas. Yes. But where were you born in Texas? So I was born and raised in Houston. Oh, okay. For 18 years. Which schools did you attend in Houston? So I went to elementary school at a public school and then went from fifth grade to 12th grade at Second Baptist School. Okay. Off of Woodway and Boss. So I went there and then graduated and went to Wash U in St. Louis to attend their fashion program. I didn't know, I didn't you know they had yeah. a fashion program. Well, I didn't know you went to Wash U. That's why I went there was specifically for their fashion program. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, so just to backtrack for like a quick second, what was like high school like for you? Were you super into fashion at that point? Like, so this has been from like, yes. Yeah. So I always say like the moment when I, it wasn't like one moment, but when I discovered fashion, my mom's friend was a stylist and she would always give my mom these, her leftover old issues of W magazine and they would sit in this big tub in our living room and from like sixth grade on, I would pull like the old month, old month issue and just pour over it. And by seventh grade, I knew I wanted to design clothing. I just knew. Um, and so we had were to wear you into art. I mean, were you, did you like yes. to draw? Were oh, you- yes. All of that fashion illustration, um, just painting. I tell my husband this. I used to take jewelry that my mom would give me and rip it apart and make new jewelry with it. And I see my daughter do that now and it cracks me up because I'm like, that's me. That's what I used to do. Yeah. Or I would take artwork and like draw on top of it and paint on top of it. So I've always been artistic just from an early age, but seventh grade was really the defining year when I was like, Oh, I can wear what I want. Well, so I, I get frustrated with my children sometimes because you know they're in seventh grade and ninth grade and they want to wear what everybody else is wearing. And I think that's a really hard age to sort of branch out on your own and think to yourself, I can wear what I want because that's totally different from what everybody else is wearing. Totally. So how did you, did you just say, screw it, I'm going to wear what I want. I'm not going to wear what the other yes. girls are doing. I basically was so hungry to feed this creative spirit in me and I didn't care what anyone else thought. I would say in sixth grade I did, but then in seventh grade I was like, I can wear what I want. And so I would like, we got one day of free dress because it was the whole school. year or one day a week, one, day, one day a week. Okay. And so I would spend five to six days planning what I would wear that one day. I so mean, I appreciate that so much. Yes. Yeah. It was just, and then I spent all, so high school, we had free dress every day. I spent high school, like, it was like, a. <laughs> I treated it like my runway. Like, yeah. every day, I would walk down the hallway wearing the craziest, you know what, um, just crazy outfits. But it totally, uh, that was when I started defining and refining my style. 
What did your parents think? Were they, did they say, go for it, wear whatever you want? Or did they, I mean, they were like, who are you? Yeah. English teacher and a lawyer. They were like, <laughs> where did you come from? Literally, where did you come from? Um, but they were, they just applauded me and really cheered me on. And when I told them I wanted to major in fashion design, my dad was like, all right, get a business minor and you're good. That's what my dad said to me. Really? <laughs> well, it wasn't design. I was merchandising. Um, but yeah, I think it like he was like, please get your business minor. And that's like what I had. That's so interesting. Wait, okay. It's, what year did you graduate from high school? Oh, four. And then college. Oh, eight. You guys, I missed the boat. I'm too old. When I was what? in high school, nobody was a, I didn't, nobody was a fashion designer. There was no job of a stylist. You could be like, no, a, totally. you could do editorial magazines, but there was no, st- I mean, none of these jobs existed. I had no idea that I could go be a fashion designer or a merchandiser or any of these fashion related jobs. Yeah. I'm so jealous. I know. And I would say like even in 2000 or 1999, when I really started dressing, there wasn't much out there. I mean, I had to really research which colleges had programs. I had to look and really it was FIT and Parsons and then these random colleges like WashU that had programs. But WashU is a really good school. So obviously yeah. academically you, you sh- probably were thriving as well. I mean, I don't think you can get into WashU without having a decent GPA. I mean, I was going to school with like doctors and like all, everyone was pre-med. So but I mean, I had to have a certain level of intelligence, I guess, to get in. Yeah, that's. I guess what I'm getting at is it sounds like in high school you're uber creative, but there must have been sort of an academic piece yes. to that. And with your parents being, it sounds like, academics, then I'm sure that you had some of that too. Yes. It was definitely, I'm middle brain, so it kind of... Balance out. Balance. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, after so you go through Washu. You do you love the Did program you like there? You- I loved it. I loved every minute of it, and I loved St. Louis. St. Louis is my favorite city. I haven't spent any time in St. Me Louis. Either. It's amazing. I maybe you've been there one time. It's so it was like the epicenter of culture in America in the 1900s. Oh, you, who would have, they, no, is that right? what the arch is from? Didn't they have like the, the arch? Is that the where they had the World's Fair? Fair? I mean, so many the Guggenheims have different like foundations there. I mean, it's, really? it is, I'm telling you like the architecture there is incredible. The arts are amazing. The food is amazing. I, I was going to say, I've heard the food is like really good. We need to Excellent. take a road trip. Yeah. Guys. I, and you're not going to be like, wow, this is New York city, but it's definitely, I think the gem, the hidden gem of the Midwest. Yeah. I could see. I've heard that from other people. I just, I've never felt implored because it is, it's a hike from here. How Like it's, it's like eight hours. hours. Yeah. I mean, you know, like driving eight hours is kind of, that is kind yeah. of a hike. it's kind of we on my, fly. yeah, we'll fly, we could maybe. fly. Well, so wash you, you graduate and I, graduated. I did an internship in New York, um, a fashion internship with who? With Millie. Oh, okay. Oh God. My, I loved Millie. It so was, wait, Millie and Trina Turk first came out. Oh, they, yes. That was like my, but Millie in like jam. 2000, what? 2003. Three? Yeah. That was like that they, their peak. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh yeah, because we started. I started buying it when I lived in San Francisco in like two thousand. No, in like ninety eight, ninety nine. That was when she first started. And that's when we. I discovered it. My prom dress was Millie. Was it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, oh. at the time. I mean, it still is super fashion forward, but um, that was kind of like her moment. I, the design. I, yeah, moment. I think she was just doing something a little bit different. Like it was just like it a was different, a little more fun and yeah. sexy, and it was like a, yeah, it's like, like a quirky retro kind of. Yeah, I feel like she's lost that now, but um, 
at the time you're right. Well, like, she's no still designing, that. do you think? Or she is. I think she is. Um, they have Millie kids. They still have Millie. It's still around. Yeah, and I know they have the flagship store in New York, but I remember it the was kids definitely is really great. I is it? Mm-hmm. I haven't checked it out. It was eye opening just because I realized that design in the real world, not in school, is mostly communicating with China and factories and doing specs and tech packs. It's not so really designing. So they didn't have that separated into design and production? Because when I worked at The Gap, there was an entire production team, which I'm assuming when she got big enough, she probably had that. She, I mean, it, it was separated, but even designing, you is, like it's still, like 5% of design is um, what you do. And then the rest is like calling emailing, production and emailing and et cetera. And yeah. <laughs> I just realized, wow, this isn't what I thought it was. So um, I decided not to move to New York and become a designer. And are you glad with that decision or do you sometimes wish you had? No, I have zero. There's so many other ways to be creative and I'd so much rather do those than be stuck behind a desk. You decide New York's not for you. Where do you go then? So on a whim, really, I moved. Well, actually, I kind of narrowed down some companies I wanted to work for. And one of them was, excuse me, was Billy Reed. Oh, and they uh, at the time were like based, Alabama, right? They, yep, they are in Florence, Alabama. But at the time, they were in Dallas, and um, this was '08, so right before the big stock market oh. economy crash. Um, so I narrowed it down to Billy Reed and interviewed with them, and was set to work in their design department. And then the economy crashed, and they decided to shut down their office and move to Florence, and just let their whole design team go. And so I was stuck in Dallas and I was like, what? I mean, you know, what a great city to be stuck in for yeah. fashion. I mean, there's so many companies. JCPenney is there. Fossil is there. Um, Neiman's. Yeah, Neiman's. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so um, I found this position at Fossil Corporate um, that was pretty much a dream job and it was trend forecasting. And so I did oh, that. Be so good at it that. Was, I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> it was something like my teachers had affirmed in me in college. They were like, you're really good at sensing, you know, and doing these mood boards and really getting kind of the design concept down. And I didn't even know this kind of job existed. And it was really just such a blessing that I found it. And then I got the job. How did you make your way towards Fossil? Because when I wanted to get into fashion, I didn't even know where... To start, Fossils? did you start looking on the internet? Did you meet somebody who worked the there? Internet. How did it work? Indeed. Like, I think I found it on either Indeed or Jobs, or that I applied on their website. But um, it's kind of like the coveted job or the coveted company, company. to work for yeah. if you live in Dallas. So it really was just not a coincidence that I got. I mean, I felt like that job was made for me. Um, but that was, I really felt like I'm so glad I didn't go to New York this is what I meant to be doing. And you can do it anywhere. You don't have to be in New York to do it. That's incredible. Cause yeah, going from TCU, a lot of the girls I graduated worked for fossil. And I remember them talking about like getting on the Michelle watch account and how insane that was. And I mean, there's a lot of actually now Dallas fashion bloggers who I think were at fossil. Oh really? Yeah. Like, and I know of a couple like Bradley mm -hmm, and people like that. So I feel like it was like, when you think of fossil, you don't necessarily think of this like high end fashion, but they own and they do so much. Um, why am I licensing? Yeah, licensing yeah. that they really do have their hand in like some really interesting things. It was, and I guess it at some great. point they moved from watches into 
an entire lifestyle brand, right? Yes. What was the, I don't remember when that happened. Now they have handbags still, but they've kind of like narrowed it down their focus. Mm -hmm. So what was your experience like at Fossil? It was, I mean, it was truly a dream job. Um, I helped concept the design direction for the entire company. Um, It was a team of three of us. So it was really small. It was so cool. Um, And then I was in charge of color and fabrics, like helping decide that direction for the designers and the designers would then take that and run with it. Um, And then I also owned this little online collection called Fossil Finds and it was a curated assortment of vintage pieces that helped kind of tell the brand story. So I would go to flea markets and Round Top, Texas Antique Weekend and basically curate these like seasonal assortments. And it was, it was amazing. Wait, that sounds literally perfect. For it you. was and so they cool. Knew you were doing this. This was, Oh yes. They, I mean, they hired me to do it. And I mean, it was a God thing. Like I absolutely was intended to have that job and all of my strengths were used. So how long were you there? I mean, yeah, why aren't it, you still there? What, what's the, you know, I'm not really sure. I think, I wasn't, it was like square peg in a round hole. Just, I'm not. It's corporate. I'm not fit for corporate life, mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, like literal same. I'm assuming it's probably like yeah. working at the Gap. Like, what, I like think. I yeah, or Neiman's. Yeah. I just Neiman's, wasn't yeah. what they wanted at the end of the day. And, you know, it was heartbreaking because I loved that job so much. But an opportunity came about to work for One Kings Lane in LA and do their vintage buying and I just jumped at it. Yeah. I it remember was, you telling me about that job. It was so cool. Yeah. So it was, I learned so much. in Dallas before you went to LA? I was in Dallas like eight years, nine years. And then... And um, you just picked up and moved to LA? My husband and I got married and I was like, look, I found this job in LA. Like, do you want to move to LA? And he was like, yeah. So we moved and had the time of our lives. What a fun adventure when you first get married. It was. You're out there on your own. You're figuring it out. I've always kind of wanted to do that. Obviously, I'm too old for that now, but that would have been really fun. I was, but I was never there with my husband. I mean, I moved home, got married, lived in Oklahoma City. I feel like I never had an adventure. After the girls graduate, I feel like y'all can like pick a spot. You're right. We can pick a spot. Yeah. Go there. better have tacos and. (laughs) Oh, LA has the best street tacos. Oh my gosh. They're like a dollar too. Okay. Maybe I can talk them into it. So what was LA like for y'all? I mean, you're you're married, which I would assume it's kind of if a lot of my friends who live in LA currently, so they're what in their thirties aren't married. Right. So did you have a lot of other married friends or we did surprisingly, but we also had a lot of single friends. Yeah. Um, we found a really great church there and (laughs) made friends with all the other Texans that were there. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm sure (laughs) like not on purpose. We just found each other. We really did. Yeah. Like a lot of them were from Fort Worth and Dallas. So it was really great. Um, but we just had a ball explored. Um, you know, one King's lane was at their peak. And so we did all these events and we'd go to the Roseville flea market every weekend to source items for the website. And, um, it was kind of like a sweet time to work there. It was really neat. When was this? 2000, 2013, 14. 14. Mm -hmm. I like wonder if like anything I have in my home was like from you. You I have some of the vintage uh-huh, pieces. Uh-huh, I'll take I, a picture. My special like category was tabletop. Oh, okay. So tabletop. And then I worked on Hunter's Alley, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was kind of their cherished website, like a little bit more curated and vintage. Um, well, and e-commerce at that time was blowing up. 
totally major. So I'm sure it was fun to be like, Oh my gosh, we sold this. Wait, we sold that so quickly or, you know, it was so fun. And there really wasn't anyone doing what one Kings lane was doing then. Right. We're the only game in town. I mean, yeah, that's true. It was like them and then cherish, but cherish was very small. Yeah. And maybe Serena and Lily kind of, right. But it wasn't like, that was all new. I mean, there was no vintage. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's true. That. There, there was wasn't no... anyone doing it really. I mean, yeah. they were kind of ahead of their Well, time. first dibs, but that you had to like give them your arm and your leg to get something off. Them. Totally. Or be a dealer to sell on it. Mm-hmm. Or... Mm-hmm. And Serena and Lily always had their own brand. They didn't yeah, carry other people's brands. I'm just trying to think of like when I would furniture shop online, it was like my go-to was one Kings Lane. And then it was like, you know, maybe Serena and Lily and then maybe Wisteria. You know yeah, what I'm Wisteria. saying? Wisteria. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which did you hear they're coming back? No. They what? went out of business like I a year that. ago. And then now I got an email saying we're like, we're going to be back, which I, I'm happy about. I love their stuff. They're Dallas based, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So were they part of Horchow? Was it somehow related to Horchow ever or no? That's Neiman's, I think. Yeah. It? Neiman's oh, is Horchow. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I don't think they were ever, they were ever. Yeah. Horchow. Cause when I worked at Neiman's, there was like the Horchow girls who like were in oh, charge right. of that. Oh, right. You worked at Neiman's. I know. It's like, but I have similar, it's like a similar vibe in that like Dallas corporate fashion where it's like the people are really incredible, but the, corporate culture like was it's not meant for creative people mm-hmm. so not. I felt that kind of same like what you're saying like I was like a you know square peg ground hole type situation it's like yeah you just you feel a little stifled and you're like trying to fit into this corporate lifestyle that doesn't really align no it like, there's just like a big yeah there's a big kind of mis- miscommunication I feel like because you're kind of being told to act certain ways because of corporate life right like get to work at a certain time but if you're feeling creative and you want to stay till like 9 p.m. it's not because you're like doing court you know what I mean totally. it's like I don't know I always had like a hard time with that it's like because I feel like too in fashion and there's so many seasons and so there's super busy times and there's super slow times. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're expecting me to sit in my cubicle from like eight to six today when there's like nothing going on. And then in the busy time, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. But I, I think that's a lot of the problem with growth of these creative companies that they yeah. get to the point where it is too corporate. They expand too quickly and now they want to be an entire lifestyle brand. The brands that I end up really loving the best are the ones that really pick one thing to do mm. and they do it really well. And they, I mean, and they knock it out of the park and they don't yeah. carry every single piece of clothing you'd ever need in your closet. They carry the three categories that they're great. I don't know if and, this happened to one Kings Lane. I think that the biggest problem with Neiman's was the markdown culture. It was, everybody was oh, waiting yeah. for it to go on sale and it was, it, it slowly killed. Cause then they would try to beat you know, last year's sale. And it was like, Oh, well our sale did this. So now we have to beat it. How do we beat it? Was it was definitely like that. It was numbers focused. Yeah. Yes. And they ended up, I mean, they ended up closing down the LA office. Um, were you there when they closed it? I down? was they laid all of us off basically. So um, they ran out of money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't manage their money. Well, um, yeah. But I was there in the glory days and it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. And then I moved on to e-commerce merchandising at Forever 21 Corporate. Oh, okay. I was just looking for a job and found a great place, a great job there. I really did. Um, and that was in LA? It was in LA. So then what brought you here? So I had had some health issues in LA and we were just ready. So we were so far from family. Like- 
my husband's family's in Purcell, Oklahoma. And then I'm my family's in Houston. And so we were a good four hour flight from anyone. And so once I had those health issues, we were like, do we want to be this far from anyone that could come take care of us? Um, and we realized we wanted to start having kids. I was 30 at that point and my husband was 34 and we just were ready to start a family. So we moved here. But how did you pick this? What, what, what did you pick five places and Oklahoma city rose to the top? How'd you decide? Or no, just to, to be top? near my husband's family. Um, and we really liked Edmund. We really did. Surprisingly. Well, I mean, it, there's obviously great things about every place. I, right. I think that I've told Amy this a million times, but my mom really taught me that. You can always find unique, interesting things in any town that you go to. You can. I feel like that when you were moving back, I did hear about a lot of people moving from big cities like LA and New York because of the cost of living, because yes. of the mm-hmm. yeah the family structure that you could have. I mean, your kids could ride their bikes down the street and you wouldn't worry about it, like that sort totally. of thing. So I think I totally get it. I mean... I love Edmund for a lot of reasons. It's just, it's so, it's blown up in a way that I never expected. You know what I mean? I mean, there's so many people who live up there, which honestly, I have a lot of friends now who live up there who grew up in Oklahoma City and I don't think they ever expected to live there. You know what I mean? I never expected to live there. Because when I would come visit my husband's family, I was like, I would never move here. I remember saying that. Don't you want to take that back sometimes? Are you like, oh my God, I, I can't believe the things I said. I feel like when it's I was God younger. laughing at me because I ended up moving here and to Dallas. And I said, I would never live in Dallas. <laughs> and you and I Dallas, ended up and loving here. both. I love it here. I would, I have no desire to ever move. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, well, okay. So what, what does your husband do that you guys, that he got the, all these jobs, all the places that you were going? What's the <laughs> shout out to Adam yeah, for hi, being Adam. so flexible? <laughs> um, he is in advertising and he worked for a company in LA. He ended up finding a job. And then when we moved here, he continued to work for that agency for four years. So he would just That's work awesome. remotely and travel all the time. Um, and then he recently moved to Paycom about a year ago. Okay. In their marketing group? Yes. So he's their director of marketing. So when you move back, when does the blog start? Was that like immediate? It was. And it was a result of my not being able to find a job here. Yeah. You were like, I need to create my mm -hmm. own job. Yes. I was like, I don't want to work retail. I've done that for 10 years. I'm over it. Yeah. Um, And if you want to have kids, it's not really the best job. Yeah. You can't do retail. Kids, no. Um, So. I started the blog originally as a home interior design blog, which makes sense, <laughs> right? Which I love. Come That's from my King's passion. Lane. Yeah, and you- totally. One King's Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just told my husband, "There's too many fashion bloggers out there," which is comical because it's now only think about exploded. It. I was going to say, what year was. was this? This was 2015. Oh yeah. So Six years little ago. did I know yeah. that it was just going to grow exponentially. But, but in Oklahoma city, I felt like there weren't that many. There were not. Yeah. There was truly like five of us yeah. that, I, that I know of. And of those five are, how many are still doing it? All of them? All of them. You, Allie. The double take girl. Oh yes. Uh-huh. Margaret McNamara. Mm-hmm. Um, 11 Gables. Oh yeah, I don't know that. I'm gonna have to look in it's, that. One of the double take girls used to work at Infant Crisis. Yeah, there wasn't very many of us, and so that I did that for a solid year, and it went nowhere. I mean, I, I religiously blogged for five days a week, every week, and I came up with new content, and it went nowhere. 
And my husband really encouraged me um, several times, but I think he had to sit down with me and was like, I really think you should start blogging about fashion. That's what your background's in. That's what you're so good at. That's what people compliment you about. And he's a professional advertiser. I mean, if you're going to listen to anyone, I know, but he knew what he was talking about. I know, but you were listening to your husband, not as the professional. Right. Uh, But I finally listened um, after a year of trying interiors and that's when it really took off doing what I love to do. Did you, when you first started blogging, does it, it all starts on social media, I guess. And then you create the website and then people, you drive people to the website for the content of the actual blogging part. Yes. Does it still work that way? I feel like it's Gosh. the blog piece of it's become so much less important mm-hmm. and it's much more about the visuals. Am I? It is. And that's crazy or no? What's no, that? you're, you're spot on. That is where the name influencers come into play because I consider myself a blogger. Because I'm back from the 2015 days where blogs still existed. Um, now you can be an influencer or a content creator and not even have a blog. And that's, that's the majority of influencers out there. Most of them don't have blogs anymore. And they're not, and they're still selling stuff. It's not, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, so what, like, yeah, because the I feel like there's been like a complete transformation in like your space. I mean, it's insane. Like looking at it five years ago, what you guys were doing to now, like, you know, their content houses and this whole TikTok thing and whatever. But so fashion bloggers specifically, though, like, what do you think has kind of been like the evolution of like who this person is or what they're what they're doing? Because I feel like it wasn't about selling stuff five years ago. No, it's more about like a peek into someone's lifestyle. Right. Or like, or giving them ideas or DIYs. Yes. Right. Yeah. And now it's more like click. I'm a personality. Yeah. And then buy what I'm, what I'm selling. And I don't do a lot of that. I don't do a lot of selling. The content I create is more educational on my blog or, um, for inspiration purposes on my Instagram. Yeah. I could see that because yeah, I guess I'm not. Yeah, I don't see you be like swipe up all the time. No, I <laughs> which I, rarely. Which is one and of if the I reasons, do it, I love looking at your, your content. Stuff, yeah, I, thank I, you. I mean, I think that if I think about the the influencers, I guess I have to train myself to say that the influencers that I follow, it's not people who are selling things. In fact, I mean, who are selling things all the time. I t- tend to trust you less the more you're selling. I hate to say it, but I feel the same and way I, I, to the point where I've now start to unfollow people. And I I will, well, yeah. If you are really promoting the Nordstrom sale, you are off my list. So I'm just going to throw that out there. It's okay because (laughs) I have my own feelings about the Nordstrom sale. I'm just going to, it makes me, I want to know what you think. I'm looking at you because I want to know what you're going to pick, no matter how much someone's going to pay you to promote it or not promote it. And that's what, yeah, I agree. I like, I do appreciate that sometimes there are bloggers who are like, Hey, I have this amazing Amazon find. Like, so oh, like I, that. Yes, but I would colors. never, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, never find. I can, I can appreciate, yeah, but yeah, the like, Oh, I, you know, buy all of this SHIT from Nordstrom's and, you know, on their sale. And I can't handle that. I can't. It's like the consumerism and the, it's just too much. It's for just me. about selling. And, it, yeah. and I think the, you know, Follower sees through that. I really do. Oh, well, I, I think they're starting to. 
two years ago, maybe not as much, but now it's like, yeah, I think you, it's, it's like, you've created these extremely um, smart shoppers, right? So like when we worked in e-commerce, we were always trying to come up with ways to outsmart these smart shoppers that we had created. Right. And now I feel like it's like these, you know, influencers or whatever. It's like they've created smart followers and like you cannot outsmart them by just doing the things that were happening a couple of years ago. Totally. You're like, so right. I mean, it's just, it is kind of crazy how it is, has become such a selling thing where it's like, I think with you, it was like more content based in the source of, yeah, inspiration photos, outfit inspiration photos. Totally. Like your try on sessions, I like live for. Seriously. I need to do them more. I haven't done them well, in a while. It's so much work. I mean, I don't know that we're not so afraid much, of hard work, but it's a lot. But I would love to come to Credit Sloan and do a try on with all of your amazing pieces. Oh my gosh, let's you do, do it. it. Let's that is do so, it. And it's so much more fun to do it with somebody else. If I'm there, like helping, I can bring the oh stuff in and bring it out. And all your pieces alive. are so colorful and so yeah, happy. Yeah. And I do miss, uh, like, I miss your Zara sale try on. Oh, okay. I need to do that because it's going on right now. Yeah. It I need is. To do okay, that. If you do it that, is. then I might pay attention to that because okay, I get overwhelmed okay. with Zara and I do think But that's one thing because the there. Zara sale, like I know Zara, I mean, maybe they, maybe they did pay you to do it, but no, I don't. I wish. Know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it was so, it was good because Zara is super confusing to shop online. And so I like seeing the pieces that you picked because they weren't pieces I would have picked. You know what I mean? Okay, I need to do and it then. then. Mm-hmm. No, I, I really, that is Thank like, you no, for telling I love, me that. I did. I I didn't do it this year. I don't know why. I mean, I think with the pandemic, it's just hard because people are spending less, and yeah, I don't want to come across as you know inauthentic. And but I really am buying everything I'm posting. Well, that's that's what, the thing. Yeah, I feel like I can tell that from like following you for sure. Well, I, I do think though that one of the things that sort of happened to get away from this rat race of trying to stay ahead of all these followers you've created is that people have become more authentic Mm -hmm. and the influencers who are the most authentic are also the most successful. And you can tell when somebody's being themselves. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think that matters. Well, I think you sharing your health journey with everybody. I was floored. I mean, when I got to finally meet you in person, I was like, I mean, every time I had, you know, I think, Is that okay if we talk about it? Okay, okay, absolutely. Um, It's a huge, huge part of my story. Well, and so can you can you go through like the history a little bit? Because I don't want to say something to you and then have it be wrong or whatever. But totally, I just remember when you shared your story. I was like, I mean, looking at you, it's like you're only a couple years older than I am, and I'm like, well, I need to get my stuff checked and make sure that you know what I mean. I think it was like. It was a wake-up call, I think, for me and a lot of people. Yeah, it was a wake-up call for me that it could happen to anybody. So um, I it was 2017, and I was pregnant with my son. And I was maybe 34 weeks pregnant, and I was at the dentist, and um, I noticed this lump on my neck in the mirror just while I was washing my hands, and I showed my dentist. She's amazing, by the way. Shout out to Dr. Jenkins, dental design studio. Not sponsored, but Not sponsored. she's incredible. Um, and I showed her and, you know, dentists are trained to check for like nodules and cysts and, you know, tumors in your neck and your, and your mouth. And she was like, you know, I think you should go get that checked out. So I did. And I just had this feeling it was cancer. I just had a very strong feeling and I had it biopsied and it, I found out it was it was thyroid cancer. And so we made plans to have removed my thyroid 
And then, well, first we made plans to induce myself (laughs) to be induced at 38 weeks so that I could then have the surgery. Mm -hmm. And so this was, it was a huge wake up call for my health just because I started to become more conscious of what I put on and in my body, whether that be food or cosmetics or beauty products, um, cleaning products in my home. I mean, I really went through and cleaned up my act. Um, and then the one of the biggest impacts, I mean, it had a huge spiritual impact on me. Um, Which I, I do want to talk about that later, too. Yeah, I, I mean, that was the biggest impact. But then it had a huge impact on my fashion. If you go on my Instagram. You posted about this, was it yesterday? Today. 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 So today. Yes. I looked it up okay. this morning. I couldn't remember. Yes. Yet. So before, <laughs> my friend likes to say, post, um, what'd she call me? post-remission Aubrey is different from cancer Aubrey. So when I had cancer and prior to that, I was, I just dressed, of course, colorfully and with lots of prints like I do now, but I also wore a lot of black and gray because I thought that's what I had to do. I thought I had to like neutrals because that's what everyone else does. I knew like from being a stylist in a wardrobe consult that you had to have neutrals in your closet. You needed, you know, cream and khaki and black and everyone needs a gray sweater. And then once I got cancer, I started to throw away anything that brought me down and didn't bring me joy. And I realized that that was everything that was neutral. I mean, I went in my closet and literally tossed every gray item in my closet. I think gray is that that feels so good. I hate gray. I hate black. I like cream sometimes. Um, but it all brought me down. Yeah. And I was like, life is too short to not wear what you love every day. I I mean, I think I just can't imagine having a newborn and then going to have surgery for your cancer. Like in as somebody with young children, I the amount of stress that you're already under having your baby and then to then have to say like I'm going to go get my thyroid cancer removed. I just I feel like that is Dealing with that and being able to come out of it like you have with this like ray of sunshine attitude. And I know all the time is in a ray of sunshine for right. you, but I'm just saying you've kind of really turned into like this positivity and it's so apparent on your mm-hmm. Instagram and not in a fake way. It's like so joyful and like authentic. And I don't know. I think what you're saying, like the live every day to the fullest, like you embody that without trying in the sense of like, it's so natural to me. Like, thank you. That's, I mean, truly, God did a work in my heart. I, yeah. He reminded me that this life is short. And what am I even working for? Like, what, why am I here? And, um, yeah, that translated into my clothing for sure, but it gave me a new outlook on life. Like, what is the purpose of my being an influencer? I have this huge following, like what am I doing with it? And um, now I just share a lot more about my spiritual journey. And um, I don't mean spiritual. It's more just a relationship with God. God, How, how is that? Like, how has that been received through your followers? Like I would say pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would imagine it would be, but then sometimes I do see you post, like if somebody responds like maybe negatively or they question what you're saying, I'm like, 
let her just, this is her platform. Like let her do her thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. I don't understand like why people come onto people's accounts and then say something. I really don't I get think it. People don't have anything to do. Yeah. But, or it makes yeah. them feel better. I think to mm-hmm. put people down and you know, a lot of influencers use their platform to share their opinion. And a lot of people don't care. And I, I'm aware of that. I know that people may not care about my opinion, but I believe I was put here to, glorify God. And if I'm not speaking about it, why? I mean, that's why he created me. So, um, that's been a huge part of my, my purpose really going forward. Were you like spiritual before? I mean, you said in LA, you guys joined a church. So yeah, I've been a Christian since I was four. Um, and not just because I was told to be, I literally asked my mom, like, how do I know, how can I know Jesus and how can I ask him into my heart? And so my mom told me how, um, but I've been in love with him since I was four. Um, but I was just caught up in this world. I was, I was caught up in like how many followers I had and, um, how much I owned, like how many material possessions I owned. And I was so obsessed with work, just becoming successful. And then once I had cancer, it was like, all that's great. I mean, that is a, a benefit of living here on this earth. Like we get to experience joy and things like that, but that's not my sole purpose. Yeah. So that was a definite turning point in my life. Where you made a c- conscious effort to reveal more of yourself and to really let people know who you really were inside af- when, after you got cancer. Yes. And I shed these layers, like, I mean, these almost like, I just have this picture of shedding all of these like dark clothes off my body and then revealing this bright rainbow underneath. Like I felt ultimate freedom. But it sounds like to me when we talked about when you were in seventh grade and you said, I'm going to do, I'm going to wear what I want. I'm going to be who I am. What happened from there until you were diagnosed with cancer that sort of put you in that cloud of gray? I'm not sure. I always felt freedom to wear what I want always, but I felt like there were certain things I had to wear because that's what everyone else did. Like denim. I do not like denim. I don't wear jeans. I'm so jealous. Unless they have like something special on them. I don't wear them. And I wore jeans all growing up because I thought, well, that's what I have to do. Yeah. But that's just me. I know I'm crazy. Did you, I had this at Neiman's where I had this sense of like, oh, I have to buy this because the company I work for supports it. All of my coworkers, like I want to like look a certain way at work. I want to be wearing the Chanel or the Louboutins, even though my paycheck is literally like pennies. <laughs> the it's same as what check is one pair of shoes. Yeah. Yes. But like, did you, I know fossil, like it was probably maybe a little bit different, but did you feel that way? Like maybe in your home in LA working for one Kings lane, like people like would expect your home to look a certain way since you worked for a furniture company. Like, I don't know, like could have that been a part of it? Maybe, maybe, maybe like fossil, I think. I definitely wanted to embody the brand just because I was influencing the brand. So I probably wore a lot more like neutrals that I, than I would have preferred to. Um, I don't really know. I think it was just over time I started buying into the expectations that are on women in fashion. And 
And now I realize, why did I even have those on me? I had no one put them on me but me. Yeah. I don't work for anyone anymore. I work for myself. I can wear whatever I want. So do you feel a sense of freedom now that you didn't feel before? Complete freedom. I feel like I can like see it coming mm -hmm. out of your skin. It just (laughs) seems like you seem very light. Thank you. So how do you, when you're deciding to buy something or not to buy something, how do you make that decision? How do you balance this sort of vintage world that you really love with new pieces? How does it all come together? That's such a good question. Someone asked me that the other day about my bathroom I just did. Oh, I'm obsessed. Obsessed. The red (laughs) cabinet with the yellow, where the faucet's yellow and the cabinet, I can't. Yeah, it it was so fun to do, but this person was like, what? You have so many vintage elements in there, but yet it's so modern. And I was like, I don't know how to design something that isn't a balance of those two things. Mm -hmm. I just don't even know how. Because in my mind, it comes together when it's the perfect melding of old and new. And it did that you develop that over time or do you think you came out that way? I think, I don't know. I've always loved vintage always. My mom started dragging me to these gem shows when I was like seven and I hated it. And she would drag me to antique shows and I was always so bored. And then one day I realized how much I loved it. And I started collecting everything like old, just in third grade, I would spend my allowance on vintage Coca-Cola paraphernalia. Do you still have all of that? I got rid of a lot of it, but like I loved old things as a third grader. And then of course, new, new is a fabulous, you know, but I feel like I've always been that way. Oklahoma city blogging you 10 years from now, like what, where do you see yourself? Where do you see it kind of in proportion to Oklahoma city or Edmond? I mean, just like kind of locally, how you've sort of placed yourself, where do you kind of see your career personally? I definitely still see myself in Edmond um, just because my kids are there and there's so many great schools, but my favorite thing, if you were to ask what my favorite thing about being here is in Oklahoma City, it's the makers, creators, artist community here, how amazing it is. Um, I see myself definitely being a part of that. I've just been welcomed with open arms here and um, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. What about the Dandy Stone? Are you going to expand that? I want to hear. Yeah. Oh, the Dandy Stone. I I would love to have a website. Um, Right now, I just saw on my Instagram. It's better that way. But it's better that way. One day, it is. I'm going to tell you, having a website, it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's not. I I would stick with the Instagram. Forget about the website. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And a lot of fees. Yeah. The website, yes. A mm-hmm. lot of fees. If I sell something on my website, I pay like 22%. I mean, to my website I mean, people, it's crazy. Oh Stick with gosh. Instagram as long as you can. That's but, what I'm trying to do. But so in 10 years for the Dandy Stone, tell everybody about the Dandy. Yeah. Okay. How, it, how you morphed from the Dandy Liar and now you've added on yes. the Dandy Stone. It's like, so the Dandy Stone is my vintage estate and antique um, jewelry store. And it's all really tightly curated. So I go everywhere and buy pieces and then resell them on my Instagram. But it's, it's done like through my, my style lens. Um, so you're not going to find like stuff from K jewelers there. 
Thank but, goodness. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. But do you find all of these pieces in Oklahoma City or do you search the internet? Do Both. you have contacts all over the country? Both, for sure. I, I go to a lot of estate sales here. A lot. Do you see my mother? Oh, maybe. She loves an estate sale. She I has a little shop at the Mockingbird Manor, but... I know I the mean, Mockingbird Manor. I I'll have to introduce there. you to my yeah. mom. Oh, oh my she's gosh. She's not allowed to go to any more state sales. So if you see her, you call me. I will. <laughs> I will t- I will tattle on her. <laughs> yeah, she'll tattle on her. <laughs> like, Catherine, your mother <laughs> is, your is mother here. allowed out? Yes. Oh, but they're so fun. <laughs> she loves it. Well, so you do estate sales? That's like my hobby is estate sales. But, but yes, I also buy jewelry there. I have to focus when I'm there. Um, but... It really started because I wanted to sell some of my own pieces. And then I was like, why don't I make this into a business? And I don't know if I can say this on here, but I've out earned my, all of my paying jobs. Wow. Oh my gosh, you have? I have. <gasps> I feel like it's I want to throw a party and like do a cartwheel right now. That's I do too. Wait, amazing. That is amazing. It's a, Congratulations. I mean, it's a God thing. Like I literally, I, I swear he gave me the idea because I don't know what, possessed me to do this. I had a like very successful blogging career, but then I wanted to do this and I did it for a year and it's been really successful. And you've done a few little pop-ups around. I I have. Those surprisingly don't do very well. I I think it's because people don't want to drop $400 at a pop-up shop, like on a ring. You need to come to Greta. That, is, that, that would be that fun. Would, I need to get the right yeah. not, that, not that it's, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But yeah, yeah, you really should. Or do like a little collection for Greta. That would be, I know oh we've talked gosh. about that. That would be so fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, like some vintage really, pieces yes. in a little curio cabinet. Will you style it for me and oh, make yes. it look great? Because I'm really bad at that. Visual merchandising is not I don't believe mine. that. No, it's not my deal. I've oh, I love it. Skills, I love it. it. We'll have to do it. So it's really, so it's taking off. You have, yes. are so glad you started I'm this so second I be- business. I believe it though, because there have been some rings that have like, they're a certain size and they're a certain monogram or, or like, you know, and I, and they go like, I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh, it's okay. And it's diamonds and it's my size. And then I'm like, okay, okay. And then it's gone. Like I'll oh, see that. I mean, you have to be on it. Yeah, exactly. Which I also think is the really good thing about Instagram is that it's people like, feel like yeah, they have it. to yeah. chop, chop. Uh-huh. And if you have a website, you maybe don't have that sense of urgency. urgency exactly. So, but the, it's Instagram is such a limiting platform because it limits your reach. It limits yes. who sees it and they own it. They own your Instagram. So if Instagram were to go up in flames tomorrow, I would oh. lose everything, every customer I had. So it's there's definitely an upside oh and God, a downside. I don't think about to, that. I now know. you're stressing me out. I know, right? But with your website, mm-hmm. you always have your website as long as you pay your domain fee. So it's interesting. It's something interesting to think about. But I think as a blogger, though, you probably have thought about that before. Like if Instagram blew up tomorrow, like how would I sell or how would I make money off of my blog? I mean, truly. I'd go to parlor. Just kidding. Oh my gosh. No, they shut that down. You're done with parlor. I'm getting, too. getting. The dark totally web. Kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't want to Reddit. Web. I'll yeah, start a Reddit web for account. vintage jewelry. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I love that so much. So yeah. So people definitely need to go check out the Dandy Stone. For it's sure. just on Instagram. It's just on Instagram. At. The dandy stone. Yeah. And um, Aubrey brought us each a little present. I mean, I, I know. know you guys can't see it. We're going to post a picture of it on our Instagram. And first of all, the wrapping, just to start out with, is yeah, the branding is over the top. Real good. That was my favorite and part was doing the branding. It's beautiful. And the packaging. The, the, it's so beautiful. if you guys order something from the dandy stone, you will be so thrilled. So thrilled. Yeah. 
Well, let's do a final question. Okay. So, or Catherine, you do no, it. No, you. Well, it's your question. Really. I know, but you have to, we have to oh my go gosh. for it, Emmy. Okay. So you, your best friend from out of town springs a visit on you. You go to pick them up from the airport. What day do you spend in Oklahoma City? Like you have a babysitter, maybe like, you know, COVID doesn't exist. Like you are just free to go wherever you want. Okay. I love this question so much because this really did happen to me. I picked up my best friend at the airport, Michelle. She lives in North Carolina and we went straight to bad grannies. <gasps> Angela oh, loves oh, bad grannies. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We went straight. So wait, for people who don't know what bad grannies is, can you explain this? It is like a vintage thrifter's dream. If you love vintage clothing, it's, it's district, all, right? yes. And it's all these stalls of vintage clothing vendors. My favorite one is Debbie, also known as the junk fairy. Yeah. The junk fairy. She curates collections. So like she will do like a black and white collection. Then she'll do like 1970s rodeo around like Texas fair time or Oklahoma fair time. So she'll like curate collections based on what's happening. She'll do like a voters, like during, you know, the election, she did like voting chic. I mean, she's just amazing. And then. So what did Michelle think about bad grannies? Does she like to. She loves vintage. Hunt like you do. We were like fashion best friends in, in high school. And we would be the ones wearing like fifties, um, poodle skirts down the hallway at our school. Not at. And like seventies slouchy boots. Love it. I know we were like, mm -hmm. but so she loved it. Um, and then we would probably go to lunch, maybe like at Cheever's or I love Republic, love Republic. It's one of my favorites. Also big truck taco. Yeah. But, I can't believe I'm saying now that it's an oldie, but a goodie, but I think it's probably been it open is. like how long? 15 years at least. I mean, it uh, has been it opened a long time. when I left for college. So it's the sauces, you guys, the, sauce the so sauces. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, so we would probably go there. Then I would take her to Room 3 Vintage. Whoa, where is Room 3, room three Vintage? It's right down the street from here, isn't it? From me? No, no from, from here. here. Uh, I think it's on Britain Road. It's by Johnny's. Oh, yeah. yes. I yeah, know exactly yeah. where it is. So I've never been in there. Yeah. And Nick, I think, is the owner. Uh-huh. But it's, yeah. I've bought so many things from my home there. So it's it's like d- different vendors, but all antique and estate and vintage furniture and decorative items. It's it's amazing. Actually, so yeah, next to Johnny's, there's like a really cute art gallery too. Yes. And I've then, been there. and then there's like, it's like, is it attached to ND Foods? It, it's at the, yeah, it's part oh, of it. Yeah. Where you can go through uh-huh. the doors open, you can yep. go in there. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. It is, I mean, like, I buy something every time I go in there, every time. Just beautiful Without fail. stuff. Yeah. See, I need to go with you because I get into these places you and get then I get nervous and I start to sweat and I think I'm going to make a bad choice and I don't really know what I'm doing. And so I need you to. Okay. We'll go. We'll, okay. Oh gosh. You can find so many good things there. Um, and then what would we do? Like for dinner, drinks, any favorite spots? I mean, I know this is probably so cliche, but I love Vast. Oh yeah. People no. love Vast. Mm-hmm. Also, I haven't been there in forever. Too. Oh, it's just, just so good. And the view is beautiful. But I think I'd probably take her to the Bradford house. Yeah. That yes, is my favorite new place. Their drink menu is incredible. Changes seasonally. So does their food menu. So I went, um, I went maybe like a month after they opened and I had like average expectations for the food. 
of course, I was blown away by the Design. decor, yeah. right? Yeah, Sarah yeah. Kate's just incredible. But the food was amazing. See, I haven't had dinner yet. We've done I have, breakfast. We've done breakfast. We had dinner. Yeah. Oh, my God. Really yes, my good. husband who doesn't go anywhere or do any... I mean, he doesn't explore restaurants the way I do. This morning, he says to me, we should go to the Bradford house for dinner. I was like, wait a minute, make the reservation quick before he changes his it's mind. excellent. So even he wants to go. Oh, you have to go. Right. Yeah. Well, so where can people find you? So they can find me at 2100. Just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you my address. Yeah, please do not go to her front door. <laughs> um, you can find me on my blog, which is thedandyliar.com or my Instagram which is the dandy liar. And people ask where that name came from. And it all goes back to when Twitter was the only form of social media. I wanted to be called the dandy lion and that name was already taken. So I went with the dandy liar. Wait, that's funny. That's really how do you people still always have like, that Twitter where did you handle? get that name? I think I do. Yeah. Okay. So, and then it stuck and then it became part of my brand and then, and then again, if people want to shop your jewelry, it's at the Dandy Stone on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate your listening to these stories. You can find us on Instagram at Action City OKC or for business inquiries, email us at hello at actioncityokc.com. Action City is produced by Black and Studios. You can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Black and Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll. 